You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hi guys, and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm interviewing somebody again today, which is always very exciting. I love to talk to different people. I'm going to give you a trigger first, a trigger warning. There is death mentioned. I know that some people do not like to listen to things about death, so I'm giving you that trigger warning now because we will be talking about that. I am here with Stacey McDonald, and Stacey has a brilliant role. She helps people really get their story from out of them so that they can make sure they have a real connection with the people that they want to work with rather than, you know, we know that people buy from people that they have, they resonate with, they have that connection with, that they like. It's barely ever anything to do with what they actually sell because there are always more than one person that sells the same thing. And so Stacey has this great ability to be able to take your story out. And I believe that Stacey has that because of her own story. So I want to start there. So Stacey, tell us what happened to you that completely changed your life in 2013. I was married on the 18th of October, 2013, and 62 days later, on the 19th of December, I found my husband dead in the living room. Normal work day for me, came down the stairs, went into the kitchen to make myself a coffee, came back through and saw him lying on the couch, and I instantly knew that he was dead. But I have 20 years first aid training, autopilot, pulled him off the sofa, started to do some CPR whilst trying frantically to phone 999 and felt like about six hours, but it was probably only about six minutes. And the first responding paramedic came through the door and he just put his hand on my shoulder and he told me to stop. And he's such a shocking story. Like I've, I've heard it before and I'm still shocked every, like every time you've told me I'm, I'm shocked by it because you were in what your thirties at the time. I was, I was 35. We had been together for a number of years and, and we were have, we had a fabulous life and we decided let's get married. We got married and yeah, 62 days later he was gone. And how, I I mean, there is no way to deal with that. It's like, I I almost want to ask you how you dealt with it, but I know that there is no, no right answer to that question because everyone, you know, deals with things in such different ways, but you had a child at the time. And so, you know, you have to carry on when you have a child that's like becomes your main reason for living really for that first year. So tell me what it was like in that first year. Where were you working then? I was working corporately. So I was working for a big bank doing corporate communications for a big bank. And Chris died on the 19th of December. And on the 6th of January, I went back to work. I was the breadwinner. I was mum to a 12-year-old and life had to carry on. I had to find a way every morning to put one foot in front of the other, not for myself, but to enable her to keep going. At 12, her the the rug had been pulled out from under her feet as much as it had been from under mine. So there, there was no choice. You have to do it. But I found that just doing one thing at, at a time was the only way through. And I, I call it baby steps. I had to take a baby step every day in order to move forward. 
Yeah, because you can't think very far ahead when something like this happens to you. It is about, okay, how can I get through the next sort of like even hour, 24 hours? And so what changed for you during that year? There was obviously a time when you decided, actually, I need to live again. What happened? I went through the whole year of firsts, first Mother's Day without him, his birthday, my birthday, our daughter's birthday. And it got to the anniversary of his death. And I was driving to my parents' house, which was over 500 miles away from where I lived, to go and spend that Christmas with them. And I decided in that eight-hour car journey that I was done being a widow. I hated the term. I hated the box that everybody wanted to put me in. And I just decided that at 36 years old, I was not ready to be a widow. And I remember getting to my mum's house and walking in the front door and just telling her, I've had enough. Now my life starts again. And her face, it was like she'd been waiting for me to say those words. I think she'd walked by my side for the whole year without wanting to tell me what to do, but she was waiting for me to say those words. And it was that I had to make the decision myself, but it, it took me the whole year of doing the firsts, the year of firsts, but then life had to start again. Yeah, life always does have to start again. And also, I think at the back of your mind, you always know that the person that's died, like Chris wouldn't have wanted your life to stop because his life stopped. And I think that's always something that you kind of cling on to. Like, I have to get out of this. I can't be in this for this amount of time. And so it really changed your outlook on life. And I guess it would anybody that's gone through something like this. I often talk to my clients. I'm a big believer in you get one life, you don't know how long that's going to be. And therefore you have to absolutely make the most of every day. And I think that's why I live so fast because I live assuming I will die the next day constantly. So I'm I'm constantly doing things because I want to make the most of it. And I think when something happens to you, I tell my clients, you know, you've got 4,000 weeks in an average life. What are you doing with this week? Are you wasting this week? Because you only have 4,000 of them. Did it have like a massive effect on how you decided to live? Absolutely. It did. I was coasting through my life. I had a very comfortable corporate job and, but it never lit me up. It didn't excite me. I was doing the do, but I'd come home at night and watch trashy TV, go to bed and do it all over again the next day. And something, I knew something had to change. I knew that the man that I had married, the character that I loved, he would be the one kicking my ass. He would be first in the queue to kick my ass (laughs) if he saw what my life had become. So there was that very conscious decision to make changes. And very quickly, I... I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the changes should be. And everybody, everybody wants to give you 10 pence worth of advice. Bet they do. Everybody wants to say, oh, don't make big decisions. And, oh, you have to do this or you have to consider that. And I did it all my own way. So within 18 months, I'd accepted this massive promotion in the corporate world. And I had moved 500 miles. And it was probably the best move because it then also showed me I didn't want to do that either. (laughs) Sometimes you have to do things to know that. Yep, absolutely. And I realized very quickly that didn't matter what corporate role I took, I was always still going to be somebody else's number. I was always going to be somebody else's communications manager. I was always going to be somebody else's press secretary. I was never going to do what I wanted to do. So 
I took a leap of faith. I just decided I'm going to start up doing what I want to do. And that was talking to people about their own stories. Because I suppose when you realize you have a story, you realize that actually everybody has a story and it might not be as shocking and as sad as what happened to you. And it might not be, you know, the, the, I think we see the kind of rags to riches story that I guess I have constantly, but actually everyone has a story that can resonate with somebody else, don't they? Uh, 100%. And the, the, the best thing to, when I say talk to my clients is they tell me they're boring. They tell me they have a normal life. They tell me something and then they'll start to talk and it's like, ping, there's the story. And they'll tell you something about meeting their partner at school, or they'll tell you about the thing they did 20 years ago. And you're like, that's your story. We all have them. Every single one of us has them. And I love to work with my clients to say, do you know what? That could actually help you make connections with who you want to serve. Yeah, because people resonate with people and especially people that have either been through something that is similar to what they have been through or who have the same goals as someone else you know they they strive for the same thing and I think it's really true what you say about people think they're boring people always come to me and go well the reason that you're doing so well is because you have this story of bullying in your backstory and I was like that's just one story of a million I could have used like let's have just get chat to me about like what's happened in your life and they'll go well nothing has and then this this one grain will come out like one person I was talking to she said well nothing's really happened in my life it's just been quite an average sort of middle class life And then halfway through chatting to me about something completely differently, she told me she'd married herself in Vegas because her boyfriend had left us. She went to Vegas and married herself. I'm like, this, like, there's no better gold than these things that people don't realize are going to be like a massive catalyst for people resonating with them in their businesses and for content as well. So why do you think it's really important for people to own their own stories? I think there is something, especially in the online space, about authenticity. And people sort of trope that word out and and they don't really know what it means. But I like to see real people. I like to see proper human beings doing normal human stuff that I can resonate with as a human because it's really important when I decide, am I going to trust that person with my money? So I like to think that it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't, you could be talking about what you did last night with your husband or where what the dog did in the, in the living room yesterday or what the kids said when you opened the door. It could be anything. It just makes you actually so much more relatable. Yeah. And it makes you human. Makes you human, doesn't it? And I think that's the thing. And I talk about adversity in my life quite a lot because I think it shows that nothing's ever all perfect. Like I think sometimes people look at my life and they go, oh, it's so perfect. You know, like she's always on holiday and stuff. And I think if only you knew like the other bits. And so then I started to go, well, actually, I'm going to tell you all the other bits. <laughs> I'm going to make sure you do know so that you don't think that everything's perfect online. And it helps that if you do that, and if you start telling people the truth about who you are and the things that you've been through and things that you're ashamed of that you've done as well, you know, like being really open and vulnerable about who you are, then when you do something good, people celebrate with you and people are happy for you because they've been through the lows. And so they go through the the ups with you as well, which I think is really important. It is absolutely. And sometimes it's those low moments. It's those things that you would rather not show the world that will make the biggest connections because there's somebody else out there thinking exactly the same or has ballsed up in the same way as you've ballsed up. And yet 
they're listening to you talk about it and they go, oh, it gives them a bit of permission as well that they could talk about it to their audience. And I think that's really something we all seek. We seek permission from other people. We watch influencers and I'm quite sure I'm watching your podcast and you've got other clients watching and they're looking up to you, but they're looking up to you in a sense of she's just being real. There's no false, there's no hidden agendas or anything like that. And that's what I love about when you open yourself up a little bit and become a little bit vulnerable, you can do the same for your clients. I often say to my clients, it's like opening the door or opening a window. You don't have to fling it wide. You don't have to let the skeletons out of the closet. You can just open it a tiny wee bit. And what you do is that you let the light in on your life and somebody gets to know you a bit better. Yeah, I think people are scared that because they see others being very vulnerable, you know, I tell a lot, you've told a lot today. And I think that worries them that they have to tell everything about their life. And actually it's your life and and it's your story and you get to own it. So you get to decide how much of it goes out there in the public domain and how much doesn't. And even just a tiny bit can help someone realize that they've been through the same as you and connect with you in a different way. And I think it's the same that when somebody walks in on your social media or walks in on whatever it is you're putting out publicly, they're walking in on a certain chapter. You get to choose how much of the the other chapters in your book you get to open up to them. And there's chapters in my life that are well and truly closed. And who knows, one day I might open them and one day I might not, but I make the choice and I make the choice today knowing what I know today. Is it the right choice for me today? Absolutely. Will it change tomorrow? It might do, but that's okay. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've loved about stories on social media is when you talk about giving people permission, I think it can give people permission to feel a certain way as well, not just to do a certain thing. So a good example is with the story you're talking about, you know, after a year, you said, I'm going to live, I'm going to make the most of this. I'm going to do what I need to do to have the life that I really want to have. That will give permission to others because there's no right or wrong in these situations. And that will give permission to somebody else to go, okay, I don't have to be the widow forever. I get to choose who I am and where I go forward from here. And I think that's quite a hard thing because we're kind of conditioned by the world that we have to act in a certain way if certain things happen. You're 100% correct. Something I have said from the day Chris died is that There is no instruction manual for doing grief. There's no instruction manual. Just like there's no instruction manual to bringing up kids, we all wing it every day. But actually, there isn't that rule book. There is no right and wrong way to grieve or to get over or to move forward. Whatever terms you you feel comfortable using, you have to find your own path. And by me walking my own path, I've actually said to the people following behind me, you can do that too. And your path could be left, right, forward, backwards, whichever way you want it to be. You don't have to do what society will try and tell you to do. Yeah, which is so important because I think sometimes we we second guess what we're supposed to do in certain situations. But actually, it's up to us how we deal with things. And just seeing lots of different ways of people dealing with things can help as well. It's like, for instance, with me and the fact that I was bullied in my past, everybody said to me constantly, everybody in the online world, is that because it's a negative thing, I need to close the door on it. I need to like heal from it, forget it, and it will go away. And that's that. 
I decided to do things a different way. I wanted to use it. You know, if these things had happened to me, then rather than just kind of forgive everyone and close the door, I wanted to use the anger that I felt and I wanted to use the negativity and use it to fuel my success. And so that's how I used it. Like whenever I was a bit scared of doing something, I would think about those bullies and the person that held the knife to my throat and go, what would she think if she saw me on a stage like this? You know, how would, if I say no to this and I feel scared, she would think that it's because of what she did to me and I don't want her to win. And so it would make me do things, which ultimately has massively enriched my life. So I don't think there is a right or wrong way to deal with any kind of adversity. I think it's about what's going to be best for you at that time. And and it's definitely been good for me to use that adversity to kind of push forward with success. I agree with you. And I think I've taken my experiences of of losing Chris and making the decisions to change my life. But I talk about him all the time. I make sure people know that that's in my past. And I've always said, if I can help one other person who is grieving, make a different choice or do it their own way, then my job's done. My sharing my story, that's the reason for it. That's the purpose behind it is to give that glimmer of hope to somebody else that they too can do things their own way. I think that's an amazing goal to have. What an amazing mission to have. And what you were saying there about sometimes you don't know why you need to tell your story. Like when I started talking about the bullying, I had no idea why I was saying it. What I realized later is I was supposed to do it to help other people who are going through the same thing, realize that actually they could do more with their lives rather than quit, which is what most people who get bullied do. And so you're right. Like, even if you help one person do something in a different way, then you've done what you're here to do almost. Like, there's a reason, there's a mission. So how do you help people? Like, what's the method that you use to help people find their story? Normally, it is a coffee and a natter because it's as simple as what you said earlier on. When people start to talk, the stuff comes out. And it's like when you meet somebody new for the first time and when you met your husband and you go dating, you want to find out about that other person. So for me, it's all about talking. I love working one-to-one with people because then I get the chance to have a good old dig around in their life. Um, I'm inherently nosy. And I think... (laughs) out there, most of us are. We want to know what's going on. So I normally chat with people and then I can show them that actually all of these things, the past you've had, can be used for good in the future. And it can be used to connect you with the people you want to serve. It can be used to connect you with the people you want to buy your products and your services because they're going to listen. They're going to hear a bit of themselves. They're going to resonate. They're going to go, ah, that's similar to whatever you've been through. So all these connections happen sort of on such a subconscious level, as much as a really obvious level. And that's the bit I love working with people. And normally it's, it's I would say, it's people who have got businesses or who want businesses or who are thinking about having a business. But essentially it's anybody because you can use your story at any time. Yeah, that's so true. I remember when I was a wedding planner, I think that connection, that personal connection with somebody is really important. 
And so when somebody would write to us and say, oh, can we have a conversation about you maybe doing our wedding? I would go on Facebook and scour through their Facebook to see if there's a link. Like, was there anything that they have? So for instance, one of them got engaged in Malta. I'm Maltese. So I would make sure then during the conversation to bring up the fact that I was Maltese because there's a connection and a personal connection means so much more than anything you do. And sometimes we got jobs just from me doing a bit of research about was there anything in common between us that somebody that was way, way better at wedding planning than I was. But our company got it because of that connection with me. So you can totally see how this would work, like having your story out there and making sure that people really know the real side of who you are and not just the bit that you like to show as the veneer. You know, we need to go beneath the surface a bit. Cool. I absolutely love what you do. And I think it's so important that people feel vulnerable enough to share their stories and and to know that they don't have to share all of it. And so I'm glad that you're helping people do that. I think it's going to make a big difference to them. And so if people want to come and find out about how you can help them, where's the best place to do that? The best place is to find me over on Instagram as The Modern Storyteller. I chose the name a long time ago, but it does actually fit with what I do. It's taking that traditional idea of telling stories, but it's actually mixing it up and doing it for your real life stories, not the fairy tales that you think you have to talk about. I think that's amazing. And um, thank you for being on here and telling your story today. I'd love to have you on. I think there's more we could talk about during this. So I'm going to have you on again at some point because there's so much more we can delve into when it comes to storytelling. I think it's one of the most important parts of business and I teach it all the time. So I love that you do what you do. But thank you for listening, guys. And thank you for being so vulnerable to share your story, Stacey. And we'll put all the links in the show notes if you want to go and find where Stacey is and how she can help you. And I will speak to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.